Welcome to the BWT But We're Together podcast. Eavesdrop on our conversation as an interracial couple. I'm Darlene and I'm black. I'm Wes and I'm white. We are going to talk about travel and lifestyle, family and personal topics, education, news, and trending topics. Let's go. Hey, Darlene. Hey, Wes. How's it going? It's going all right. How about you? I'm good. I'm ready to do this podcast. All right. So um, our podcast today... (laughs) Our thesis is... Yeah. Do you have to do a public service announcement or do we wait to say that? To uh, give us a five-star review on iTunes and... Oh, the PSA. Yes, please. Yeah, if you're listening and if you like what you hear, go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating. And please leave a written review with some comments and feedback. That'd be that'd be really be meaningful. So cool. be really so meaningful. So nice. Yeah, we'd love you. I mean, right. we do love you. Yeah. But then we know you'd love us back. I don't know. Yeah, we just really <laughs> want to... <laughs> feel loved uh so this episode we're going to talk about fear yeah and uh, this came up because this morning we were talking about our journaling we were sitting next to each other you were journaling i was journaling and then um, it was a blissful born it was (laughs) (laughs) we had a lot of coffee cups it was cute it was nice you're cute thank you (laughs) um and I was writing a bunch of random stuff. Um, and then out of that journaling, the random stuff came this question. What if I lived my life as if no one was watching? What would that look like? What would it hmm. be like in different set? Well, you know, when we started talking about that and uh, it reminded me hmm. of the Instagram uh, young lady who has hmm. like hundreds of thousands of followers. Yeah. And she started her Instagram with the idea that she was going to, what if she shamelessly promoted herself and uh, so did something without a, with abandon and obviously you have to be fearless. Yeah. Maya, her Instagram is Maya's world and her name is Maya Washington. And I remember hearing about her in a book and it was like shortly after she did that. I don't know if it was a month or a year she just realized it was so much better and I don't know if it became economically viable. Like she, she did social media and YouTube, but I just remember hearing this, uh, this story and she was like, it was almost like once she let go of the fear Mm -hmm. of just putting herself out there, it opportunities came yeah, and yeah. opportunities she would never have run into. Right. Um, like I was just looking at her most recent post. She's doing, you know, paid promotional things for Under Armour and um, Nordstrom's or some um, makeup line that's in Nordstrom's. And she's made and these are the, obviously, a way for Yeah, she paved her, her way yeah. uh, through fearlessness or at least, yeah, you know, apparently. I don't know if fear completely disappears, but she acted like it did. Yeah. And I think that that's something that's our jumping off point is what mm. if we acted as if we had no fear? Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, there's so many ways to go with it. There's um, a quote by Ralph Waldo Emerson. Nice. You it want would, me to read it? Yeah, please. Because okay. I, I don't know uh, what it says. It says fear is the main source of superstition and one of the main sources of cruelty. To conquer fear is the beginning of wisdom. 
That's interesting. Fear is a source of cruelty. I, I like I just tie that right away into if somebody's different from right. you. Yeah. Like if they look different, you're if afraid of the uh, unfamiliar or the unknown. And then that leads into like racism and things oh, like that yeah. where you're cruel to people who are different. Bullying. Than, yeah. Yeah, yeah, bullying, for and sure. And that um, it leads to cruelty. So the girl, this girl on Instagram, she, in order to become what she is now, she had to deal with the fact that, oh, maybe someone's going to attack me because yeah. I'm being different, because I'm doing this thing that they think that I shouldn't do or that I can't yeah. do, or I'm doing crazy things on Instagram that doesn't please people. Yeah. She was, she took that risk. I think that... I mean, I, I'm not sure, but it seems like ultimately you're scared. Uh, you're afraid someone is going to attack you either verbally yeah. or I don't think physically people are um, not doing things in their lives because they're scared they're going to get um, beat, beat, beat up, up or something. But, you but for sure, you feel like you might be ostracized yeah, or laughed at. Because I think um, our one of our biggest desires is to belong yeah. right that's our biggest yeah. desire one of them and then that here comes that fear when you take a risk of losing that um community whatever it is yeah um well i'm curious when you wrote this this morning were you thinking of something specific i mean that's well i think that not i to get too personal well <laughs> what if we talked on this podcast as if it didn't matter yeah and what, what if, if we yeah. just weren't afraid yeah and what if we were honest and not afraid which would that's what that would mean is if yeah. we weren't afraid we're going to be completely honest i mean that's um i'm going to always say that's my goal is to be is to be that yeah but i think it, it's and people like, don't want to hear dishonesty and trite they want to no, hear what you're really that, like, thinking or yeah. struggling with Right. So if so, I'm going to be honest and not worry about what people say, I'm going to answer your question honestly, except I can't remember what it was. My, my <laughs> question is, when you're journaling that, um, what if I lived my life like oh. no one was watching? What what would you what? Well, I'm not going to say what would you do differently? Where did that come from? Where did it come from? Yeah. Well, I was just thinking about like, am I. I think I felt like I I kind of go through life like some days I feel pretty good about how I what I've accomplished but most days I think I'm um I could do much more mm -hmm. and then sometimes I maybe it came from like that um how women often go through their day and you're not completely um, allowing yourself to shine mm. like because you're taught to like one of the things my mom would do uh, when I was growing up is she would always say, stop primping in the mirror. I, I, I don't think you've ever heard that. Have you? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my, I was like thinking, like, did you mean that word primping or um, no, I think. I think maybe my mom, and this would be interesting, I think my mom might have said that to my sister or made comments about, like, that she was vain. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I, I got that, but, I mean, if it was something 
Um, maybe it's more specific to, to women. Yeah. And I wonder, I don't know where she got it from, but it did kind of plant but, this seed. But to go into that statement, stop of, primping in the mirror means like you, you're you not supposed to right, make yourself look say. good. Oh, go ahead. Um, yeah. You're like, I'm looking in the mirror and I'm and doing my hair and whatever. I'm in the bathroom too long. I don't know what it would be. But mm. the message is, is that you um, aren't supposed to be um, trying to be too cute or to uh, bring attention to yourself. Right. Um, that was a big message. My whole upbringing is not to bring attention to yourself. And so I, I know how to do that very, very well. And I think to a fault. Yeah, and I'm that's thinking, not a, a useful skill, is it? How is it useful? <laughs> to, to like you, you have to undo that when you're looking for a job and when you're trying to um, actually show yeah. your talents. Or be a team player and be, be helpful. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if other people have had that um, experience growing up, but for me that happened. And um, where she got it from is like this, like, you know, it sounds a little Puritan-esque to me. Um mm. Uh, puritanical i don't know you know at, we're african-american but we're still americans and we come out of that tradition i think um so i don't know but the outcome is is that that is still lingering like that idea that i'm not yeah. supposed to shine and as old as i am i think i've um another thing that happens is you don't um like you maybe you feel like you have a lot to offer but you pull back. Do you, have you heard of that before? Or do you do that? Um, I don't, I mean, I don't know that I relate to that. I, I think it made me think of, um, like my first wife, her family. <laughs> uh-uh. Oh, we're not allowed to be honest. Like I was married before my first wife, her family, there was like jealousy. I'm was surprised. Jealousy was a topic. Like, and so you weren't, like there were things you could do that would um, it was almost like fear of jealousy was more a topic than real jealousy. It's like, oh, don't do that because someone else will think that you're um, setting yourself up to be like you got Better the new car or, or something, something like that. Um, but I don't not my family. I, I don't remember that growing up. Um, yeah, we that was a thing. And I think for women. I mean, and then you, you keep hearing those messages about being quiet, not that's being too. That's definitely, yeah. yeah. I, Do you remember your report cards when um, they had those comments? Were you mm, a part of that generation? Yeah, we had comments. I don't, I don't yeah. feel, you know I feel mine, like I don't like the, the comments. Like, yeah. like, Wes needs to focus. <laughs> Things like that. Yeah. I mean, like, was that helpful? We have those comments now that we put on, on students' report cards. None of the comments today, though, say what I got every single report card yeah. from at least a few teachers, which was, Darlene talks too much in class. Oh. I got it all every single semester. Really? Yeah. I mean, I got that like once or or twice. It's not on our. It's not one of the choices anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I serious. feel like those like, teachers well, back then hand wrote in things like that, and later they standardized them, and they yeah. were more benign. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. But okay, so I talked too much in class. I did. I was a little chatterbox, I guess. But okay. what about what? What do you? Do you think? remember why that was? 
Why I talk too much? Yeah. Like what you're... I just... Or you're being funny or you being just talking <laughs> to the person next to you or talking across the room like... I was disruptive. <laughs> <laughs> Super loud? Like No, 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 no. Just talking. But just disruptive. Well, like if the teacher's trying to give a lesson and, you know, we've seen it in class and then the... But are you trying to interact with the teacher, interrupting her? Or you're like I would interrupt the teacher. Oh. I love learning. But I would interrupt the teacher. <laughs> I, I would talk to... I'd have side conversations with other kids and... Just um, any format. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I, because at home, it was pretty much, you know, uh, shut it down. You know, there wasn't very much talking. So uh, this, I didn't. Did you talk to your parents? We didn't grow up our parents um, like having like, oh, let's sit down and have. We had, we had dinner and there was ta- table talk during dinner. Like we always had the evening. Oh, OK, meal so you together. did talk. Well, that's um, good. But I, I don't remember talking a lot. But, but I, I mean, were we your could parents? If we, you know, they would. Yeah, what happened at school today? Those types of things. Uh, OK, well, th- that's good. That's I was good. interested in what my dad would say. So I don't know if he ta- I, I don't feel like he was very talkative, but I do feel like he shared about his day. Mm-hmm. And. Um, well, I, I think know. I think my point is, is that. Even though I was that kid that talked too much in class, probably interrupted the teacher, um, there was a culture of silence. Like you needed yeah. to be quiet. It didn't give you school. Did not give you space um, to yeah. It was be, com- be it, compliant. Be, be compliant. Silent. Be silent. And how can that not carry into adulthood as a practice? So all as, the way through twelfth grade, you were talkative. Like it was um, pretty much all the K twelve, no, and I don't even think the comments continued into high school like that. Yeah, you but probably matured and sort of self regulated. Right? Yeah, I got a little bit less yeah hyper whatever. Um, mm. So in high school, I think I don't really remember my freshman year too much. <laughs> it's like what happened? I don't mm. know. But yeah, by the time I oh, but there was. I had some moments in high school that I was just like, whoa. Off the chain? Yeah. Well, there were like a couple of teachers might not have had a lot of control in the class. Oh, and then, oh I, yeah. And in that situation, you were not, not helpful? Well, no. I, I, I remember this one teacher. I think she ended up working at the community college because I remember seeing her and I was like, ooh, there's that lady that we ta- treated badly. <laughs> and she quit teaching <laughs> she had at quit. our school. She quit teaching. Yeah. Um, I remember. Um, just she was giving a quiz, like a verbal quiz in the class. Yeah. And I just remember just obnoxiously answering every question. <laughs> like, <laughs> just I, I remember, you're not supposed to shout it you're out. You're not supposed to be. Uh, yeah, yeah. I remember stuff like that. Like, yeah. I wasn't like how kids would be talking bad to the teacher. I was never like that. But it was always some sort of, yeah. you know. But the, OK, so that was the kind of kid I was. Mm. And thinking back, there was no place for me. To be that way, right. which was actually helping me to learn and talking was my way of, you know, mm, that's a good point. But um, have you ever made that connection before that? That's what you, you No, were, not until tonight. You're really pretty <laughs> authentically trying to learn. 
I I think so. It was I I'm trying to be honest. I think so. I'm sure yeah. there was also just a big a, this huge desire to connect with people because I wasn't really doing it at home. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, seeking out like, hey, I'm here. Yeah, connection see me. would be see I belong me. somewhere, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's that, but I think. Um, see, I, I in contrast, I I had a good home connection. I didn't feel like I needed it in the classroom. Yeah. And I was probably more of an introvert by nature anyway. So I I, I don't think I needed it. Well, I think that so it, it's interesting if we compared what kind of um, nurtured that fear that I have now, yeah. or I'm sure it's gotten better. But um, especially when I was younger of of um, having a voice. You know, there's a fear of having a voice and being mm. too loud, being too outspoken, um, being a bother, being disruptive. I mean, those mm. messages are pretty were pretty constant, you know, and even at my house, it was about like obedience, obedience, obedience. Yeah. And so when you grow up like that, how does a kid grow up like that and then overcome fear as an adult? And I mm. think that's my question uh, that I'm discovering now, you know. Yeah. Um, how do you how do you do that? And I want to do that. I think I have in many instances just gone so ahead you're, so you're, but and done some stuff anyway. Obviously, you know, I'm not a, I'm not like, you know, so part crawl, of the problem balled up in a ball. <laughs> part of the problem you're getting at is like as an adult, you're not fully participating in work because there's this fear that whatever contribution you make is going to get smacked down. I mean, is that kind of, uh, yeah. The fear of failure, a fear of being embarrassed that like shame is a big deal for me. Yeah. Shame is just like, a like I would probably cry, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then you, there's like you, you go to school and you're, it's, it's meant, it's a place where you're supposed to perform perfectly. Right. You know, and when you don't, you get marked. Yeah. You know, and so you you get into the these workspaces or your my writing, um, teaching not as much. Teaching actually allows me to make mistakes, but it is pretty. You know, you you don't want to be. You want it to go as smoothly as possible, but you do learn that there's no way that right. you're you know, and you learn how to compensate. But, um, I well, think yeah. Well, one of the things that just occurred to me is like in recent years, I've made a shift um, in meetings, particularly when they open up and they say, who has an idea about X or whatever? And usually there's like a minute or more of people kind of looking like they're collecting their thoughts. I mean, everybody has their thoughts already. They're just wasting time. They're stalling because they don't want to say the wrong thing. Right. So in, in recent years, and this is, to me, like a contrast between me and you is like, I just say the first thing within three seconds because I'm like, let's stop wasting time. I'll be the idiot who says the first thing. Who cares if it's wrong? Let's just get the conversation going. Oh, I would never do that. Right. So, yeah. but but then I was like. Because my well, answer probably would be stupid. I have to think about <laughs> I mean, stuff I say a stupid while. stuff all the time because. No one even really knows the context that the person asking the question is thinking right, about. Right. There's all that stuff you have to clarify. But I do wonder about privilege in that context because, you know, as a white man, like I can I can do that and I can look stupid in a in a room and full of my peers and nobody's going to like 
no, take a gonna, shot at my credibility yeah, or my character. Of, yeah, instead of like shooting the idea down, they're going to be like, oh, I hadn't thought of that. But if I do it, they they might, what I perceive in my mind is that they'd be like, what? That is dumb. They're never going to see it as creative. They'll see mm. it as something that they need to shoot down. But if you did it, said the same thing, because you're Wes, they'll, they'd be like, oh, my gosh, I hadn't thought of that. You know, they see it as a good idea or something, you know. Yeah, or they just modify and go on, but they're not thinking about my character, not your character. And, or intelligence or whatever. Yeah. yeah. That was the other thing I wrote down on journaling one day is that when we make mistakes, it's not um, the making mistakes in your character are two separate things. And if we can yeah. get get that in our minds, it would help us kind of overcome that fear of moving forward through through your mistakes. Yeah. I mean, in the last few years, um, several years, really, I've been working in more innovation uh, driven mm. departments and mm-hmm. education. And there's like a, a mindset that you're supposed to have uh, an atmosphere where it's OK to make mistakes, because if you're not trying something new right. and failing. So it's interesting. A large part of my work life is in these innovation driven uh, arenas or environments. But I mean, mostly there's a huge fear of taking a risk and looking stupid. You know, you might cultivate in small teams where there's trust built, but in a like school district department, oh, yeah. ed services, you know, IT I mean, nobody wants to look stupid in front of the directors or assistant superintendents. Right. And there's all all this kind of like posturing and hiding and, you know, asking other people, like, is it OK to do this? Um, that's just wasting time, you know, and wasting resources because of fear. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and the thing about forging ahead especially if it's like way out there ahead of other people's ideas or where they're at. I think that you, that criticism is strong because other people have a fear like you doing, you're doing something and it's like this thing that's catchy, like, Oh, I'm embarrassed because they're doing something so out there. Mm. And people don't feel a part of it. They, they feel don't feel like a part of it. On, and they're like, a, like it. yeah. And if it's something like, Oh, they're doing music over here. Uh, I think that really happened. Um, <laughs> what are they doing? That's not part of our culture. Right. And then there's some kind there's this, this embarrassment that they're, that you are, doing something that's hurtful to the culture. Yeah. And that makes them look bad. Yeah. And so, I mean, fear is just interesting in that way that you're afraid because you don't want to do something that's too, you know, that's going to be dumb or and not impress the superintendent, but then other people are afraid of you doing it because of their own like fear. Yeah, I'll give you two examples from innovation and education. One is like I I like to use kind of like a a whip around in a group where everybody shares like before a meeting, um, like something, you know, personal. Like it's just a way to open kind of soft and realize there's other real people in the room. So um, recently we're visiting a technology vendor and they had an agenda. They had somebody on speakerphone or something like that who was calling in and they were going to do introductions. And so when the first person started to give their introduction, I just said, 
would it be okay if we just added and tell us something interesting about yourself? Mm. It was a huge risk. I had never met these people before. And there was kind of like this awkward pause where they're like, uh, okay, yeah, sure. But that was one of the best things that came out of that meeting is because yeah. these people all work together and they yeah. had never learned some of these things. But like I had, I used pretty good timing in terms of when I asked it and it was a pretty easy ask. Yeah. But those are some of the things in terms of the culture of like the teams I work with yeah. and the people um, who work in these environments they are with me are kind of used to that. But right. when you're with people who don't know you, like you, it is risky. And I was worried, like I was worried what they would think of me, but I also thought, if I don't do this, which is my gut reaction, is to do something worth, um, do something constructive to build the social emotional intelligence of the group. Yeah. If I don't do that, we're going to have a worse outcome. And right. so if I look stupid now, I'm okay with it because I want a more productive time. Yeah. You know, and yeah. so one of the other examples. Well, I was going to yeah. say the thing Go that probably it. you said that that turned out to be one of the best things. And if you're going to answer why, it seems like, was it because then you all of a sudden, oh, these people are starting to know each other and you learn things about people that like kind of uh, took away any fear that you had. It humanizes the group, humanizes the individual. Um, And I think that that's kind of one of those ways to eliminate fear because you're not. You you see them. You yeah. see them. Yeah. One of the guys said, you know, I'm coaching my son's sports team. You know, everybody's like, oh, <laughs> you right, know, right. like just warmed up the group from right. sharing that. And in fact, the th- thing I shared was I run marathons for clean water in Africa. And the facilitator, she actually emailed me later and brought up some nonprofit she knew of that was doing similar work. And, oh, I thought you might be interested in this, you know, so it created a bond past the just the mechanical purpose for the meeting. Right, right. And then once you guys start working together on the on the nitty gritty stuff come school year, it'll be more meaningful or it'll be like real work. It won't be like this. uh, These barriers won't be there. So that yeah, that's really, really cool. For me, like every time I work with a group, I have to take that risk because people don't that's not in their mindset. Oh, we are going to stop and check in with each other. Like people are just coming into meetings going, my time is precious. I want to get this over with. Um, So for me, it's just one of the. So it's one of those things that I know about myself is I will be unhappy with myself if I let those um, moments pass and I don't do what's on my conscience and my my heart. the things I know I can contribute. You kind of are, you're doing what this next quote says. Um, Les Brown. Yeah. 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 He's a motivational speaker Mm -hmm. and author author and all this. Um, He said the best way out is always through. And Mm -hmm. it it seems like that's something that you did is you went through, like you were afraid. Yeah. But out of the, to get out of it, you went through it. Yeah, uh, you went through it anyway. And I think that is a that's a really good, um, I think, philosophy to try to own is to get through the fear. I just think about the gender. I mean, you could take all these different lenses, though, and you have yeah. like gender for me. You have being an uh, African-American race. 
Um, yeah, even your, I mean, I'm a, I'm a pretty average height, almost tall woman, I'm, I guess. But for you, you even have that. You have height, you yeah. have the race, and then you have um, height, race. What else? handsome Gender. i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah and height handsome that's and... <laughs> a new one throw that in there uh, yeah and gender just he's um, a good looking guy <laughs> and i'm thinking like one of the ways that uh people will give you that respect and then it gives you more less you know and you're less afraid to speak up in meetings or things is that uh what is your presentation to them if so sometimes that like sometimes i feel like i'm not going to speak up because I'm like, are my words going to come together this time? <laughs> because sometimes they don't always come together right. Mm. Um, so how you how you vocalize, how you sound, um, your all of those things matter too. And I sometimes feel, or I know that words don't, especially when I get a little nervous, they're not coming mm. in the stream that I want them to come with that flow, you know. Um, that yeah, comes you, like maybe when I write or something. Yeah, and you, you know? put a high value on words, like I because do. you're a writer and yeah. you understand that a sentence that you compose can be written and rewritten and rewritten right, and rewritten. Right. I, I think, think you I apply that to it. speaking. Yeah, and um, that's that's um, that would be hard because yeah, I mean you're a gifted writer, and then if you're holding just conversation. Or participating in a meeting to that standard, gosh, no, that's, a, that's I've, tough. I've never thought of that. Like, uh, oh, I'm holding this to the standard that I would if I would have edited this statement three times. <laughs> you can't really do that. But you know, there is people that are really gifted at just oh coming off There's the cuff. So many, like, I don't. I think I can communicate, but I don't think I'm articulate or eloquent. That's not what I think of when I think of me speaking. Mm. I, I'm like, I'm like the Ford pickup. Like, hey, I'm gonna get the job done. <laughs> no. Home, move the cargo. Hey, I think you're very articulate. Well, that that's nice and I that's know. reassuring because we spend a lot of time together. <laughs> Yeah, um, but, but there are people that I'm that just, just amazed. Be blown. I know, and they're, it's a, they're they gifted are so at it. good with words and communication. Yeah, remember um, we went to the memorial service uh, a few weeks back, and our friends, uh, our friend got up there and he spoke about his mother. Granted, you guys, I mean, he his mother had just passed. And he's up there mm-hmm. speaking about his mother. And it was so good. Yeah, I'm like, how do you get up there and be that focused and that grounded? Yeah. Um, and then like and it flowed. And it, just touching and. Yeah. Everything funny. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Sensitive. Right. Yeah. Right. And anyway, I don't know what that has to do with fear, but at some point his. uh he he wasn't afraid i was like so impressed by that i think like if you talk about like the root of these fears that we have that are like we're not talking about danger and the jungle and an animal gonna attack you we're talking about social fears yeah you know we're talking about um things where you may not fit into a group right right and that are gonna keep you from getting to your your best self yeah so In that case, the ability to communicate and connect with people is a supreme, you know, weapon or tool yeah. to uh, navigate against fear. 
Yeah. I mean, because then you can draw people onto your side or draw people to you or get them to see your point of view. Yeah. Um, so but I communication also think, is huge. Yeah. I also think when you have that confidence, um, you're going to draw. So you're fearless, right? Fearless. When people see that, they see confidence. Yeah. And that's going to allow you to have like, mm. um, you're going to be able to have control of a situation because yeah. you have this confidence that other people see and they feel it. And I know people are drawn to to that. Yeah. So yeah. you're saying, and I'm going to put this back on you. You're saying if you, Darlene, are more confident in these situations, you'll actually draw people towards you. Well, I know that's a fact. I yeah. mean, I've seen it and it doesn't have to do with race. I mean, you know how people be like, oh, like it, it, the the black person is um, has less what or they don't like me because. But I've seen when a person has that type of appeal, mm -hmm. I guess it's charisma as well. Um, mm. They it, it doesn't matter. People are drawn to that. Now, yeah. the, the thing about that is that's a that's a unique person, too. Yeah. So, I mean, that doesn't mean that there's not discrimination and things like that. But I just know that that confidence and that charisma, it kind of transcends race because mm. um, people are drawn to it no matter who the person is that's yeah. delivering it. And then there's the other part of it is every time I get up, like I've done keynotes, I've done large group presentations. Every time I do that, I am mm -hmm. nervous as heck and yeah. I have a lot of fear and um <laughs> like the evidence is all the way to driving to, you know, an engagement like that. I'm rehearsing the opening 15 minutes right, over right, and right, over right. and over in my mind. Right. Um, but then I also have like those experiences where I, I know I've done this 50 times. I've right. done this 100 times. Right. Yes. And it's all OK. It's yes. going to work out great. Yeah. And then that that mental reassurance Mm -hmm. Helps you get up and not run the other way. Right, right, um, right. I don't honestly. I don't know how I did it the first few times. Yeah. I think it's like a gradual. Right. You know, you and get I in think front I've of ten a, people and then twenty. Right. Know. And I think you know I'm obviously talking about today, right? I mean, I'm I'm the age that I am now, and so I'm like, how am I gonna push past mm. what I've already done? Yeah. Because there was a a point in my life where. The fear that I had, I, I've been through it and I, I'm, I'm done. I accomplished that. But now I have this new that there's these new um, this new set of accomplishments that I feel like I want to mm. get to. Tell me about that. That's interesting. They're not new to you. I mean, I, not, for the people, for the people. <laughs> well, people, people, what do you, what do you want to do? If I were um, if I what is it? If I shamelessly promoted myself yeah, or if, if I live my life like no one was watching, yeah. if I live my life fearlessly, yeah. I feel like it would be I could be so much more of a um, asset to this society. And in ways like my writing. Um, Keep going. Uh, making people feel comfortable. Like I, I like having people over. Um, and actually, when I'm in my own house, I think that's one of those times when the the fear, when I'm living fearlessly, because I have people in my sort of kingdom. Mm -hmm. and, oh, kingdom is like so man, masculine. In your space? Yeah. Um, 
and I'm able to, uh, they know that my intentions are good. See, that's the thing mm. too. It's like I walk into a place and people will see my affect, you know, and they'll be like, they, I, so maybe I, I think that they don't trust. Right. Mm. And so you're like at work, if you're at this new, and sometimes I do move, you know, I've worked at my job a couple of years now, but um, so they're just now beginning to know me. Mm. So that's also the thing is you move into spaces and people don't trust you. Mm. And so you're like trying to break that barrier first. And then how do you, um, and maybe I, and then there's also that anyway, in my own home, I don't have that people that are here. They obviously trust me. Yeah. And then, so we're past that barrier. Yeah. Right. Um, and then but I, there's, just, that's interesting. I wonder if there's more there when you invite people and you're selecting them. Yeah. Like, so they, they know they belong because you've selected them and invited right. them and they know not everybody gets to come not to make a big deal about it, but yeah, not like, everybody's uh, invited. Not, yeah. Everybody's yeah, not so, invited into people's homes. Yeah. yeah. So they're mentally reassured. Like, Oh, I, Darlene oh, wants yeah, me here. Yeah. People are comfortable. But then you don't stop there. Like you're a, an excellent host. Like when people walk in, they know you've prepared the space. Like you're very conscientious about um, how things look and yeah. uh, smell. And I mean, when, <laughs> not if I didn't have any fear, I might leave it dirty. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, when we got together, I remember the first time I came over, you lit a candle and I was like, just. Everything was so he, homey he, and perfect. He was melted. He, what, I he melted. was melted. He I was melted. melted. <laughs> he was melted. The candles melted. Too. But uh, I mean, <laughs> people sense that intentionality too. True, and yeah. it makes them comfortable. And so, yeah. the, so there's like this so it's interesting. Level of so comfort. you're you're able to put people at ease and make them feel like they belong in your space, yeah. but in the outside, outside world, I'm not that comfortable. That's and then, in fact, I have. I'm sure there's like. I've never been to a therapist to say, oh, you have social anxiety, but I, there is definitely a, a, an amount of anxiety. Yeah. And that's what part of this fear topic for me is like, how do you get through the fear? How do you get through anxiety? Um, because that's all tied in there, too. I don't know how long yeah. we've been talking. I, I just wanted to share something. I just realized oh. uh, one of the most recent books I'm listening to on Audible is um it's called um it's going to come up here captivate and it's um the author talks about being the most socially awkward person and how to how to not be how to be the most well i'm not the most socially uh, no but okay (laughs) but i might be the most like what is wrong with her like i have a feeling that people can tell that i'm socially uh like like i have anxiety and then that makes anxiety worse and then i'm like oh they probably don't want to be around me because i like i'm like going through this like just like a spiraling down (laughs) so she just she gave this case study uh or example of like don't don't allow the circumstance to play against your strengths and play into your weaknesses so for example if you're good um like in one-on-one conversation and there's like a small group yeah she's like at a social gathering or whatever is break off and invite somebody into the hallway to have a conversation i think you were telling me about that i mean it was really good like i didn't realize how much like the physical environment could like play into your strengths or against them yeah um so it was really it was really interesting Um, i think like how does fear so like how working through the fear walking through the fear in that case is knowing who the hell you are <laughs> like when you walk into a situation yeah. don't let the situation overcome you 
know who the hell you are. Yeah. And if you're comfortable one-on-one, then make that, that space, like create that environment so that it works for you. Do you want to, so I think it would be good if you, who, who are you? Mm -hmm. Like just define yourself, like in a couple of words, like you, like in your space at home, Yeah, you make it amazing for people. Right. Mm -hmm. So how, who are you in that space or outside? Like, what would you say if I said that phrase that you just said is know who the hell you are? Mm-hmm. Like who who the hell is Darlene? Well, like, are you going to answer this? I don't like those these little power questions. I want you to answer, and then you're going to answer it. Um, no, I don't know the answer. Okay, then I yeah. don't know either. I don't like <laughs> questions where I'm being like. Uh, it needs to be some some equality in in the no, in the but questioning. you you just said it. You're okay, like, you have but to if know I if I answer are. who I am, then you're gonna have to answer who you are. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll yeah, okay, all right. Because there's fair. like, like that's the, fair. Okay, I know that's fair. It's fair. <laughs> yeah. All right. So who am I? I yeah. don't know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but this is this is a good step because it's helping define who we are. That could help us. Be confident in any situation we're going into. So, okay, I'll name a good quality. I'm, um, I'm, um, kind of, I'm, I'm pretty, uh, what's the word? I'm kind of innocent. I'm going to say that. Hmm. That's interesting. And not in the like, sense, like naive. I haven't. I, no, not I don't mean, mean that. Yeah. I really, I'm. Good motive. Like you yes. have good motives. You're good. Well, that's nice. No, yeah. I mean, that's a very, yeah, no, that's, yeah. So who the hell is Darlene? Darlene is a good moral person. I Yeah, I'm moral. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's good. Gosh. Um, And that should help you in any situation knowing I'm, I'm a friend. <laughs> like I'm, I'm here to help. And that's what makes it difficult is that because people, I sense that like, oh, they don't know. Cause I might. Cause I have a frown. Okay. And they might, <laughs> and they're like, Oh, I don't trust this. And then I'm like, Oh, is that race? Is that like, cause I got a frown. Is it cause I'm like, and so anyway, yeah. that makes me feel like, Oh my gosh, they don't know. They don't yeah. know. Anyway. Okay. What's a good quality of yours? Um, who the hell am I? Yeah. I, it's tough because like, it depends on the context. I can be a good listener. And that really happens like more one on one. Yeah. And I think that's one of those things about knowing your strengths is like, I don't do especially well in like loud, busy, you know, environments. No, um, you don't. Like, I, even if it's a group of four or five people at the table, if I can't hear everybody, mm-hmm. I can't engage. And it, I, yeah, I just feel kind of fake. Like, and I, I'd rather talk to the person next to me. Yeah. Um, so there is something like that. I, I wish I could say like, like I'm you a, are good a good listener. listener. Yeah. I okay. mean, it doesn't have to be that. That's a truth. That's true. You yeah. are a good listener. Okay. A quality, a flaw um, is I retreat when. Hmm. Um, are we doing flaws? Yeah. We're going to do something good. Oh. Then we go, like, who are you? Who are oh. you? Right. Yeah, so I, I tend to okay. retreat from. Uh, relationships maybe yes 
Do you you think that's true? No. Yeah. Well, you said it's (laughs) true. I believe you. You're compelling. Your argument is is sound. (laughs) But I I was taken aback by this. I didn't realize who who you are had both good and bad sides. Um, I feel like I am like I will if I feel like I can't get a good enough. conversation going like something that's productive if it's going to be kind of surface i think i'm kind of ruthless and i'll cut i'll cut the conversation you got that aloof down yeah like i would rather ignore somebody than dabble in a conversation that's meaningless or just passing the time that's hard for me small talk small talk is hard yeah yeah and especially if somebody's a fool i'll be like "Mm, yeah can't talk to you dang yeah and that's that's not good that's not from you (laughs) that's not good um yeah uh, okay. Um, so that's, but so knowing, knowing that, knowing that you retreat from re- relationships and knowing that I sometimes point, won't sometimes. suffer a fool or suffer small talk, like that's something I can work with. Like I can yeah. know that about myself. That's who the hell I am. And then I know, like, you can be smart about that. And I cannot let that damage me because I'm sure there's people I've offended. <laughs> Oh, Darlene, you're making me feel bad. You know, you know, know there is. You know, well, there there's is. strangers, I think. There's strangers. <laughs> or like, you know. Yeah. Oh, I, let's just leave it at that. I don't know. I don't know. I just know that. Oh, this here's a good quality I have. I see the good in probably everybody. Mm, that's what makes you a good novelist, a good writer. Well, novelist is, you, is uh, relative a novel. to writing a novel. <laughs> <laughs> you have a draft done. Yeah. Um, but you do see, so even the uh, antagonists. I mean, I don't see the good in a murderer. I mean, not not like that, but I'm saying like a a person that is you like. You see people as well round as rounded. As uh, there's, yeah, like I see, I see them yeah. as. You don't see them uh, as. Their humanity. I see their humanity. And like, no. Yeah, flat. No. Yeah, I re- well, I I'm sure there's more. Um, I think beyond being a writer, that gives you like a deep sense of humanity, and right. like you're it's very. Painful. Um, it's painful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I think you're very pleasant to be around because you haven't let bitterness take root, no. right? Because yeah. even like people have hurt you, you don't you don't have this narrative of like they're the evil villain and no. they're the M now I, it's not like I don't wish I was wired differently because I think there's times I should be like yeah. more curt and just, you know, cuts yeah. to people off, but uh, I'm not wired that way. And yeah. I can't say that it's, I think it's that I haven't practiced that, you know? Yeah. So, because you were saying like you don't have the time, but I admire that. I'm like, dang, how come I can't cut cut people off like that? <laughs> I would you see never their do that. Yeah, I see their humanity, and I'm just sitting there like with them, immeasurable, miserable, miserable. <laughs> and like, it was been gone. Yeah, tuned out. <laughs> My sister does that too. Very good at it, <laughs> and she'll go. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so it's nonverbal cues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Okay, and then she's out. <laughs> she's out. Anyway. Well, I feel I feel like like knowing who you are in those ways going into so situations. Yeah. Like you really know like one me 
being aware of kind of like what your shortcomings or weaknesses or soft spots might be. Yeah. That that's something to be, you know, for so does, you. Does walking through fear, do you, like, is it, do you pay attention to your, do you just like, that's a, that's a difficult place for me, but I'm going to do this anyway. Or it's actually, I think it's what we said, like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I guess it's situational. Like if you're at a party or at a room and you know that you are, this bothers you, all these people, then you find your, your place, yeah. you know who you are in that situation and find your place. And then you're going through the fear because you've found out how to navigate. I mean, you realize, yeah. you know, okay, this is how I got, I have to handle this. Um, what if we moved to, okay, so there's that situation. Um, how do you, what about our other, what about our right? What about my writing? What about your, like, mm. how does this relate? Cause okay, we've done our career. We're yeah. pretty much, I have definitely haven't in my career. I ha I'm not where I think there's a lot of fear. Like when you get into teaching, you have to be a certain type. That's like, Oh, I'm going to bounce out of here and go do this or this or this. I've left teaching and come back. Yeah. And so that also makes it a little awkward because you're like, you're relearning the system mm. sort of, um, and what new things, what new language, you know, what new jargon there, there is and all that. But I find myself now like being like, what if I walk through the fear? What is the fear? I guess I, I have to identify it. And I'm not sure I have done that. Mm. Which I just yeah, thought of right now. I, I know for me, like in the last several years, moving up in responsibility mm -hmm. in like school districts and especially going into management. Yeah. Um, there was this like, what if they discover I'm not good enough? Oh, yeah. What if definitely. they discover I'm not smart enough? Exactly. You know, so the imposter syndrome. Yeah, yeah, imposter syndrome. I mean, my first experience with that was when I left the classroom and started coaching teachers. And that was, you know. 18 years ago well you're good for a while once you stay in that realm and get comfortable but then when you start managing mm -hmm. and um then it it happens again but it it definitely helps like those walking through like the Les brown quote like like walking through that fear like you do build up kind of like residual like a bank account you can drawn like mm -hmm. yeah i've been through this before i'm gonna be okay so it's almost then self-talk is a way that you self-talk yeah you um get through those moments um and i think that's a valuable tool that anybody could use is like i'm good enough i'm good enough yes i can i i can do it i know it's corny but it's all it's it's so helpful si se puede um I was going to mention this. I don't know how long. It seems like you're just talking and you're not looking at the time. <laughs> you got me looking at the time. Like, how long have we been doing this? We can wrap it up. We're, <laughs> we're getting. So what about our faith? So we mm. we are a people of faith. All of our listeners may not be, but um, that's okay because we're just, people of faith still be trying to figure it out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like anybody and else. We're just right? sharing our perspective. Yeah. Uh, but with, there's this Hebrews quote, Hebrews 11, 1. Yeah. Um, and it's about faith. And, you know, Christianity is based on, I mean, the faith is just such a huge component. And yeah. over and over and over again, 
um, there's this idea of don't be afraid, don't be afraid, don't be afraid all through Fear the Bible. Not. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and this quote is, or this verse is now faith is the sub- substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. Mm. So it's interesting. I, I, I think I can make a connection there. Um, so many times in the Bible it says, fear not. And it's like yeah. an angel, right? Talking right. to man. Yeah. Well, that tells you something is that the human condition is not unacquainted with fear. Exactly. And so if there's a spiritual divine intervention, this interaction with uh, a man or a woman. Right. They know that there's likely to be fear on the account of right, the human. Right, right. It's just a natural part of that condition. Human, yeah. But then the thing is, I think that the um, evidence of things not seen, so f- believing that something is going to happen right. or believing that you're good or believing that you're made in the image of God, all these things that are taken on faith. Right. Um, it, you don't necessarily see that. You don't see the proof of it. Right. Right. So it's interesting because faith and fear, I think, both operate off of things that aren't aren't seen. You can't see. Right. And, yeah, because you're afraid. And the faith is of, supposed to overcome the fear. And that gives you, so it helps you to believe in the impossible, things that you don't even know exist at, yeah. at some point. And uh, if if we could get to that what that verse offers or, or promises. Yeah. Yeah. Then, then we're where, uh, Emerson says we've reached, reach wisdom. Mm. Read that quote again. That uh, I remember the, we were talking about, uh, Oh, fear, fear is the cruelty. main source of superstition. One of the main sources of cruelty to conquer fear is the beginning of wisdom. Mm, that's and so when you correlate that with the Bible and faith, wisdom and faith, I mean, I, I see, I see a clear, you know, connection there. Um, and, and it's all good, great words. Uh, You could talk about the ideology of it. Um, but getting there is something else. And again, it's at this particular stage in my life where I have overcome these things. Right. And it made, and I did it. I believe walking through fear um, with faith. And then now I'm at a new stage. Yeah. yeah. And there are things that, that must be done. I feel they must be done. Yeah. And things that I owe my fellow humans, yeah. <laughs> if you will. Um, and I want to be able to walk through the fear. Yeah. And I, I think that Emerson quote, like hold tight to that. Um, I'm paraphrasing, but like overcoming fear is the beginning to of or leads to wisdom. Right. Right. And so wisdom to me, I've heard it said this way before, like you have like knowledge. Right. So that's like knowing something. Right. But when you add knowledge to experience. Right. That's how you get to wisdom. Right. And you can only have experience if you have taken the action. Taken risk. Yeah. You have Mm -hmm. to do. Right. So that's that's you just have to step out and act in the world to get to wisdom. Right. Right. Yeah. And so there's no like easy cut answer. You know, I think there is way there are practices you could do. You could do affirmations and you can uh, self-talk, self-talk. Yeah. Uh, I really think because the power of uh, 
words really matters. And if you've heard messages over and over in your life, like I've heard, quit primping in the mirror, you talk too much, um, sit down, be quiet. When that's your messages throughout your life, you're going to have to reprogram yourself. And so if you're standing in the mirror and saying, uh, talk, you don't, you know, um, use your voice, your voice is important. You matter. Um, these types of messages, you're going to have to change the message, you know, and you may have to do it over and over and over again, but that's, what's going to help us step through the fear. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the ways that's well said. So I think we should wrap it up. Yeah. I'll just end, uh, this quote, this is for you, Darlene. Uh, it could be Bertrand Russell. That could be who it's from. Could be uh, Jack Canfield, but we found the quote attributed to a couple different people, but everything you want, is on the other side of fear. Yeah. At, yeah. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So push through like Les Brown says. Yeah. That's it. We out. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes because that really helps us out. You can also listen to us on Anchor, Google Play, and Stitcher. And follow us on social media, BWT, but we're together on Instagram. And Wes Creasel and Darlene Creasel on Twitter. 